0: everybody. Before we dig into today's podcast, I hope everyone is doing well. Artists, photographers, neon makers, vendors, shop owners. If you just love neon and if one day you hope to own your own sign, whoever you are, I hope you're all okay during these trying times. Number two is our merch. If you ever wanted to wear something with the intent to feature neon front and center, it's online. Hit merch on the main nav, on the site, and so on. And last, text us, 917-565-9616. Love to hear from the community, general thoughts, musings, and or whoever we should have on the show. Whatever it is, hit us up, and here is your podcast.
1: Welcome to the Mondo Neon Show. Argon, neon, helium, xenon, krypton. Transform and roll out.
0: Hey, Mondo listeners, it's Max here at Mondo Neon, and I'm with Lisa Tennant, a painter, and as well as general drawings and prints. Um, You know, it's fun to have artists on that do Kind of a combination of things outside of what we regularly have on the show which would not necessarily be one type of person but you know generally speaking we have a, a kind of a, a strong presence of neon vendors and makers and it's nice to see uh your work uh where generally i, I have a, a good idea of how people get to where they are in neon it does take different shapes and so i think you know getting right into it uh, how long have you been painting and, and how did you start painting you know neon signs?
1: Um, I've been an artist for a long time. I probably started drawing when I was about seven. And one of the things that I really liked, um, as a kid was, you know, drawing something like swans or horses because of the beautiful curves that they made, uh, that their bodies made. Um, so I went to art school. I, you know, did the whole, uh, uh painting background and that kind of stuff. And then um, I went to, um, uh, I also did graphic design. Uh, That was my fallback kind of thing. So I've been a graphic designer also for a long, long time. And so one of the interests that I have with signage is it ties very well in with graphic design because of the typography. I just love seeing that you know, the various typography that, uh, and designs that they've come up with over the, in the mid-century uh, neon signage and lighted signage. Um, so my um, endeavor into painting that as a subject um, came about kind of sort of by accident, I guess. Um, I was always very interested in drawing uh, or painting, um, subjects that were um, perspective-wise, like two-point perspective, three-point perspective, buildings, interiors. Um, but really, uh, when I went to graduate school, I was really struggling with topics, and it is a struggle with a lot of people, you know, finding their niche. And what happened was um, our art building burned. Um, it didn't burn to the ground, but it was a um, designated as a preserved building, and it looked like a bomb hit it. And so one day, while I was trying to just come up with ideas, I went for a walk around that building, took a sketchbook, started drawing, and I started doing paintings of all kinds of that s- subject, the windows, the you know the structure and things like that, and um, my um, my education uh, was from Eastern Michigan University, and which is very close to. Uh, we're on the other side of the tracks from Ann Arbor, which is where University of Michigan is. And Ann Arbor is a very interesting town. It's like a small town, but yet it has this nightlife and excitement around it and they have a lot of signage around that town and I liked the architecture. So I began to sketch and take pictures and inevitably even in my older work uh, from graduate school, some signage would be in there somewhere. And so over the years as I've done a lot of urban landscape, Um, In the last probably about five years or so, I've really concentrated on painting those subjects, but I've actually been taking photos of that subject for a very long time.
0: And that's really interesting too, is like, I think a lot of good art happens in response to something that's sort of uncontrollable. I think about the encounters that you had with the, the fire and as devastating as it is, I think as an artist, you know, we all have like a fear of like, wake up in the morning and and all of our work is gone or it just isn't precisely where we thought it was. And, uh, you know, what's interesting is that as you depict that vision of like, okay, well, you know, I might as well go out there and, and spend time creating my own vision. I mean, I think school has a funny way of working, you know, in some respects, it gives you kind of a precise picture of where art should be. And that's great i think as far as the timeline goes i mean i think it's very important to sort of study what happened and think critically of all the moments and you know where where all these different generations of artists came from but i think the kind of the flawed model of that is that you kind of sit in that world for too long and it can kind of create almost like a a a fake realism where you think you know okay i'm just going to reference these it's sort of when you get pushed out of that comfortability where i think of you know the traditional school is kind of say okay you do this type of drawing and then you set up this type of easel and you use these types of paints because this is the way it's done and i think that's kind of catastrophic in a lot of ways i think it's great to see you've achieved a sense of uh subject matter outside of i think where you maybe thought you were going to end up <laughs> and so
1: yeah Um, I was very fortunate. Um, I, uh, between the two schools being so close to each other, University of Michigan and Eastern Michigan University, which one would you pick? You know, you'd think that people go for, oh, U of M, that would be a better place. Not really. Um, I loved going to the school I went to because they had 10 different disciplines, which most schools do not have that many. And the other thing was I had an instructor, and most of the instructors there were, um, or the professors there in the art department, They, um, they wanted to push us to not learn how to paint, you know, and here's the things that you use. But they really pushed us to explore, and especially my mentor, who was a watercolor painter. Um, Igor Beginin, Um he's passed away a few years back, but his work is still, they have, um, his family runs a website, and you can see his work, and his work is marvelous. It's, it's very different from mine, and so when people look at his work, and then he was definitely my mentor, my work is nothing like his, and that is because he looked at us and said, I'm not teaching you just, you know, I'm not teaching you to be watercolorists, that's absurd, um, I'm teaching you to become artists, it doesn't matter what medium it is, it happens to be watercolor, and uh, he brought that medium, especially watercolor painting, which is what I concentrated in, most people do oil paintings, and so watercolor is a more minor um, art form, or like a medium, and he brought it up to be. This is, you know, it's, it's what you make of it. And so, my watercolor paintings are not, you know, Sunday paintings. They are very colorful. Um, the The paint, the color has is built up so that it's very vibrant, as much as I can get it without being muddy, you know. And mm-hmm. they're large too. My larger pieces are thirty by forty inches, and as well, a watercolor, that's that's a bit that's quite large for uh, the, m- most people. Don't see that, and uh, that's what but he really, really encouraged like the watercolor.
0: I think lends itself extremely well to sort of the glass forms that you have built into some of these signs. And again, I wouldn't yeah. necessarily know where all of them come from, but it's fun to see sort of painters take on neon because there's always some element of uh surprise like they don't always necessarily have exact execution and where I think that that actually benefits them the most because it's almost like a a visual dream of what neon could be if there wasn't all these you know kinks and you know (laughs) scuff marks and you know burn marks It, it sort of just holds this you know shape and uh it's fun. I mean, I think a lot of times, and I think the the minor details are what I think people get trapped in, but there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, work that goes into this. It looks f- friendly, and it's easy to kind of say, okay, well, that's a sign, but how do you decide on the subject of where the painting is? You know, is it a particular sign that you like, or it, maybe it lends its well to to say watercolor like what techniques do you keep in mind when you're working with on trying to convey a piece of neon because it isn't the easiest thing either to, to just yeah. you know
1: um watercolor great. painters they 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 do like to do gl- a lot of glass but you'll see a lot of um uh, still lights applied to that um but i like the neon tubes and the twists and turns and how it distorts whatever is behind it and the color just kind of you know gets uh, it's almost like uh you know those lava lamps you know it's all distorted colors you know yeah. and i really find that fascinating the What's other thing is, is the, uh,
0: andy's drive-in you did a time-lapse video which is really enjoyable. If anybody's on Instagram, go and look. I actually watched it recently and just kind of in preparation for what we talked about, just kind of get a sense of your work. And uh, I just kind of like sat there and I'm like, well, you know, I mean, you don't think like that when you're creating the sign or even when you're holding it, but that's what had to be done. Like if you're going to actually show all those different lines and verticalities between where the distance between the backdrop and the backing versus the actual glass itself, anybody who has created this stuff or had a hand in it, um, can really, I think we'll get a lot of, a lot of fun out of it because it's almost like, you know, I think those Bob Ross things where you sit back and you're like, yeah, I could do that. And then you get your easel up and you're like, oh, this is way harder than it, <laughs> you know, and yeah, I do those way Harder too.
1: than you think.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So those are fun. I mean, do you, do you ever get MIDI it sounds like you just, how do you create those? Do you put it on a tripod or what do you do?
1: Um, an easel. I put it all on an easel to try to get it more overhead. I mean, you wouldn't yep. want to see it. It's it's a disaster. <laughs> it <laughs> um, works though.
0: It works really well. I mean yeah. I wouldn't I always tell the, people this
1: exactly. The goal is for me to put the whole painting because I've filmed the entire process. And I wanna, I'm just about to start a new YouTube channel and um, put things like that, some time, uh, time lapse of my paintings, mainly the watercolor paintings um, and a few other things. And then I'm revamping my website right now, which again is a graphic designer, too cheap to hire somebody. So I'm, I'm doing it myself. So it's a little slow going. Um, But I'm hoping that people will enjoy the time-lapse photography. And uh, yeah, it really comes to life in layers. I usually start with the background. Um, I fill in the base colors. And because watercolor is more like it works as transparent on top of transparent colors. And so when you cross, it's almost like taking two pieces of film different colors and laying them on top of each other. So it changes the color. So I add those shadows and, you know, and that really brings it to life.
0: And it works surprisingly well when you do a combination of all those things, you know, you find, uh, what I, what I typically describe painting a neon is, is just, you know, it's a, a visual, you know, mess. You've got to put things in order. You have to layer things properly for it to actually represent itself. And, uh, yeah. You know, one of the things I liked a lot too, I just, you know, your painting that you did of, um, was like a Grand Rapids sign that had like kind of a star and there's all these sort of uh, bulbs inside of the sign. It's not necessarily neon based, I don't believe, but it's it's kind of weathered. And, and I think at one point you had said it fell to the side. It wasn't it wasn't around anymore. And we talk about yeah. some of the conservation efforts. Do you ever think about some of the pictures that you take in when things were still around and now they're not? Does it make you feel a certain way? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, th- I do have kind of a history of uh oh, she's going to paint that. You know, it's going to disappear <laughs> now, right?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I used to paint uh, buildings or you know things around uh, Ann Arbor, that, you know, around town, and inevitably it would disappear. <laughs> I did a painting a while back called uh, Bill's coffee cup, and as soon as I finished it went downtown and it was no longer there. So, um, <laughs> your show is yeah, called Lost I
0: Parking. Really... You had a show in 2022. Was, you called it Lost Parking Opportunity. There's some signs in there that are, are really historic, like they're double-faced. They're, there's kind of a, a whole plethora of neon that's been on top of those signs. Um, are there yeah. prevalence over certain signs in, in Grand Rapids that you can think about that you, you look back on? You're like, oh, I'm glad, I, glad I did that.
1: Well, um, I'm really glad that I, I shot the photos I did because, um, well, that uh, star sign, I did one smaller um, a, quite a while ago, um, and that one was sold. And my husband said, you, do you ever do another one of the same composition? Well, I've spent two years trying to find the photos from that photo shoot. And they were pictures, not digital. That's how old those pictures are. And uh, you know, I went on Google, you know, to find out that 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 uh, it's a it's a used car lot, and that is no longer there, and either is i mean the post to the sign is there, but the sign the star is not no longer there. Um, you know, I've moved around a little bit. I went from Ann Arbor area to uh, Grand Rapids and I did a, mostly graphic design when I was in graphic Grand Rapids and just did a few uh, paintings here and there and then um, moved down to Orlando and then the last almost two years I've been in Texas so been moving around and a lot of the photos that I've shot um Uh, while I was working full-time as a designer, I I thought, you know, I'm not really doing much work, and I felt disappointed in myself, but I didn't have the time, but then I looked back at the wealth of pictures and sketches that I have accumulated, and I don't think I will run out of things to do, and some of those signs, yeah, they're gone. I'm really glad that I photographed them, and I would like to get in, uh, into conservation and learn more about it. I mean, I'm dying to go see the Neon Museum in Las Vegas. Um, and there's, a, there's actually a sign here nearby that's in the middle of a, a field. And I don't know if there was a motel there or what. There's nothing there but a sign that has a tree growing up around it and it says lone star and it has just the words and there's a few pieces of neon left and uh, an arrow with a few light bulbs left on it. Um, I did a drawing of it the end of last year and um, it, that I have someone that just bought it. (laughs) And so yeah, the conservation besides my like, Recording what I would call a oh I guess a a portrait of these icons, um, you know I'd love to to see the, some of these things like like that one be preserved but I don't know what to do, yeah and uh, you know there are people that have these signs that you know like for for instance um, the. Uh, the Sandman Motel, which is in St. Petersburg, Florida. I loved that doing that painting uh, of that sign, but it is an absolute dive and they have no idea what they have.
0: A lot of times Um, I've heard too, the stories of when they, people go up to take the sign, they're like, you know, what could you possibly be doing taking a photo of that? And, and photographers you know go through this process of okay well i'm here because i like the sign they're like really and then they're like well let me tell you a story about how this sign got here and then you get this whole kind of but without yeah. that without that I, I kind of it falls to the side you know it's just another sign and, and i think like you said is businesses are now realizing and waking up to the to the the power of some of these these images you know these ideas of roadside attractions they're not they're not necessarily gone they just have transformed a little bit differently and and now everybody has a a way to capture these images and take photos of these things i think we we've kind of built up i think a little bit more of a community than than ever had existed in the past to really go after and say okay what's contributing to the quality of, of life in this area well it's this really cool sign and if people drive by it well then it'll keep that place around and it'll stay in business so I think it hits home even more now with COVID and, and some of these things happening. I think there's big hurdles too. I mean, clearly there's not uh, all the money in the world to go after all these signs and fix them up. Right. Um, but the practical nature of how you can go out and try and, contri- and contribute. Um, we, we talk about it in the show from time to time. I think, uh, I believe that art is a good indicator though, of what people really care about. And uh, I feel like there's more, more artists, you know, who are, drawing and, and painting neon than there ever has been, at least I think, you know, in my history of yeah. looking at art. I don't know if you feel the same way or not. you have gone online. And
1: I, yes. And I've um, been on Instagram trying to build, um, you know, my own following, but yet, you know, I meet some interesting people on there and there are a number of artists out there. One in particular, um, they um, are, doing miniature signs and it started off as kind of a labor of love but uh between him and his son, something to do together. And he makes these marvelous replica signs. And, yeah, and it's cool. I would Chris, love to uh, do that, Chris too. from
0: Chris from Route Nine Signs.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah we had Chris yeah. on the
0: show. He's a great guy. There's a Love yeah, is
1: the Yeah. Um I would and I'm, I'm this is so funny, I'm so interested in doing lots of things, but I'm just really concentrating on the, the painting right now. But eventually I would love to go back and do some miniature signs that are actually lighted. You know, like you're showing, mm. uh, you know, on your site, the LED signs, you know, like um, that you have like that rope light. Mm. There are some that's really, really thin and tiny and um, I, I was always fascinated as a kid of for, uh miniature replicas and the signage and you know the dirtier and grungier the better for me and I would just do them like that as they are you know well, I
0: think you know you've touched on a point which is you know there's practical you know applications for some of these more advanced types of lighting systems the um, neon, it isn't necessarily contributing to a very good culture, but there's a lot of, I would say, borrowing from the neon world, especially the name neon. It's not necessarily been helpful, and I think it's confused a lot of people. But in the regards of what you just mentioned, you can't stuff a piece of neon inside of a small replica, it's just not going to work. And then in hindsight, you know, there's also, well, how's it going to be applied? Will it look tasteful? You know, of course, that's all dependent on how the people feel about it when they see it. But if it creates, you know, that consistency and you, you want to use that, you know, you should uh, test it out. It's a, it's an exciting medium, I think. You know, it's almost like uh, anything miniaturized is just, I don't know what it is. It, it just keeps your attention for for a little bit longer. So uh, yeah, yeah, Chris has done a great job. And, and also too, compliments to everyone else. I think videographers, I've seen a lot of really great work in that category. So especially mm-hmm. when it comes to, You know, your work, are you, you know, can you just, I guess, uh, share what about maybe what you've been working on now, where you drive your inspiration from? And I, cause I've seen your show, it was up recently, right? Where can people find your work? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, I've got a show that I was invited to uh, fill the walls. Um, They have a, like, a lobby at a local um, theater. Viva uh, Lay Arts Theater in Colleen, Texas. I'm, I'm actually located right where Fort Hood is. That's where Colleen is. And um, they have this uh, theater and they've been really trying to get back into doing their productions and because of COVID and all that. But they had their show, their production um, coincide my work with it because it was very colorful they did Matilda and um, so it worked out really well it's it seems strange but I'm not in a really big uh, metropolis right now and so you think I'm trying to figure out local kinds of stuff but um, I'm taking the show down tomorrow and I've got uh, two buyers Uh, One is already bought it um, and and I'm meeting him tomorrow to uh, a drawing that he's uh, buying and then another fellow who contacted me just happened to be in the theater not necessarily for the production and saw um, the one there's one called obsolete and it's this Marietta motel and it is really falling apart but it's one of my largest canvas paintings which uh, is done in acrylic and he's buying that one and another one uh both of them and so i'm thrilled because what they are looking at is kind of what i look at too is you know the vintage the that inspires me the texture the surface texture the glass, the color. I mean, that's really kind of what inspires me. And um, the way that the angles of, you know, the shapes go, it's kind of graphic in nature also. So that kind of inspires me. Um, So right now I'm, um, I just finished that star uh, picture. And I've got two canvases that I'm going to be working on. Uh, One of them is I went, I made a trip back to the Ann Arbor and Ypsilanti area where uh, my old stomping grounds last year and photographed what I could in one day. Um, There's a um, tap room bar in Ypsilanti. And so it's this, uh, part of the sign has a uh, martini glass and it has bubbles and it you know lights up where it that bubbles kind of go turn on and off and it still works beautifully so I'm doing the martini glass and I just can't wait to really get into it it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um,
0: exciting I think there's also a strong yeah. archetype of kind of I think the the struggling artists I think these times in particular are very important you know people work to keep themselves above water and and anybody who's yeah. listening to this, who's, who's been an artist or has been trying to exhibit during these times. Um, I think that a lot of work could be, um, conveyed in, not necessarily a, uh, a virtual, uh, you know, just as good as you could in person, but it offers a way to connect with your audience. And so I strongly think if you've got a body of work and you want to promote it somewhere, um, I highly recommend going out there and putting as much as you can on social media. Um, Mm -hmm. That's been a a huge, uh, I I think a huge series of of missteps by a lot of artists as they've convinced that the gallery is uh, most important. And I think that they struggle with that. And I would say, spend as much time on social media as you can.
1: And then
0: slowly inch your way up. And what I mean is take the most local people that you know, who have clearly supported you since day one and reach out to every single one of them asking them, hey, I've got this work. It's either a coming down from a show or it's actually complete, um, just take a look and then allow them to be able to purchase it directly through your website. Because what it does is it's gonna give you as much access to your work as possible. And that's what people want. You know, They're trying to just see your work and no one's gonna be able to travel. So it could give you the opportunity, let's say you have, I don't know, like a family member that lives across the country and they wanna say, you know what, I've got, um, you know, some disposable income. I've always wanted this work. And I know you've made this great body of work. Let me go down and, 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 and throw in. And I, I feel like there's at least, you know, people usually exhibit maybe 10 a dozen pieces of work. I'm not sure what it is, but um, just food for thought. I think, you know, as, as people, you know, financially try to keep themselves artists, which they do through right. a lot of different things, as those other things eliminate the control, um, you know, I think they should you know really participate and i think that's what i'm hearing from you is that even this is coming down you're creating conversations with these people and designing that uh approach which is really i think good is And then that doesn't limit you in any way. By the means, I think your website would really take off too. So highly recommend you do that. I can't wait to see what comes out of that too. So yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's in its, um, well, I had a site up that I hand coded and it's really got out of date. And so I wanted to do something more dynamic and put the, uh, you know, a shop with it which for me, it's fine art America. I can just plug it in and people can buy prints if they want to, or merchandise or whatever. Um, and I do have that um, where somebody's, some people are starting to buy uh, prints of the work, which is another thing for artists they really have to think about. And as I teach, I do teach students now, I'm teaching watercolor painting and two dimensional design. So I'm teaching the newbies, you know, and it's like, there's a lot more out there, like you said, than just galleries and stuff like that. But take your most important pieces. You know, there's always something that doesn't come out, even, you know, with me having experience, but students are always afraid, you know, I got one piece, that's the only piece I'll ever do, you know, that's good. So no, you'll get some and then but you need to learn how to photograph it really properly with high resolution and learn how to make sure that the color is good um, and put it up online, you know, put it up. You, if you sell a work or like you said, you know, if it gets destroyed by accident, you, your most valuable asset is the, um, the digital file for that. And I have been photographing my artwork over, all over again this past year um, because of that. Nothing goes online really for sale um, as a print unless it's uh, photographed well, and it doesn't go out of my hands unless you know, or for you know, selling the actual piece without it being photographed. Um, well because The artist always retains the copyright and I make that known for my patrons that um, uh, Like I'm preparing tonight for tomorrow's meeting with a, uh, the client um, a certificate of authenticity and it does state that the copyright belongs to me but that they have the actual original piece so they can always show what it's worth, you know.
0: That's a great way to do it too. It, you know, you've built in some sort of uh, consistency when it comes to, uh, you know, authentic, authenticity and, and authenticating these these pieces of work. There's been a lot of talk about that in the end world too. People borrowing people's designs and then, you know, having to go out there and have to beat against, you know, beat on their chest to get them back. Um, right. And that isn't always easy. And I do... S- empathize with those individuals who have recently had a lot of their work online from other um, you know neon distributors if you will they're not necessarily artists but they're you know these kind of uh, you know kind of all stop one shops for for different types of um, you know kind of material you know signs that you can go and buy a bunch of and and I I Mm -hmm. think it's important to mention this a lot of people listen to the show that um, it is worth to like you said, to document and to make those things known, because like you said, you never know where things will fall. You know, you might have to go out there and challenge someone or build, you know, credibility with your audience and say, "Hey, look, you know, I did, I did present this." Or like you said, maybe it doesn't exist, and you can go back and look at an image. There's been a lot of paintings that we've lost to the past because you know we all didn't have iPhones. So, <laughs> fortunately, a yeah. lot of artists. And a lot of artists didn't have these opportunities. That's very important to mention this is that the teaching, you know, the teaching that you're doing now is very critical. Um, because, you know, 20 years ago you, you, you didn't have Facebook, (laughs) you didn't have. right.
1: And I, I didn't have, um, access to being able to take digital photos of the work. Um, so a lot of the work that was older that I've sold, um, is all on slides and they're as good as I could get, but in getting them translated into, or, you know, photographed from a slide to uh digital, it, it's not very clear. I mean, it's not as clear as you would want. There's a yeah. lot of noise on the, the picture itself. Um, yeah. But I did get some of them digitized just for my own records that I, I just, you know, wanted to make sure i have something that said i did this (laughs) you know
0: i think you're i think you're in the right place and um i can't wait to see what comes up next you know you've got a lot of projects it sounds like and and things are really taking off for you so yeah uh, everyone go check out lisa's work um you can find it on uh her instagram account lisa.tenant.art We'll put links everywhere on the show notes so people can just click it and get to where you need to go. Um, Lisa, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for talking to me.
0: Hey, guys, hope you enjoyed that show. If you haven't done so, please leave us a review on your podcast aggregator of choice. We have a lot of great neon guests coming up. And as always, thanks for listening.